Today, on Commitment to Truth. When we are doing what is right before God, when we are obeying God in all of his commands, when we are doing the right thing all the time, it ultimately somehow protects us from the attacks of the enemy. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we begin a series titled, The Promised Land. God has prepared great things for us to take hold of. It could be a place, a job, a ministry, a mission opportunity, a relationship, or any other type of blessing He has prepared for us. God always wants us to move forward in Him and to go. However, how do we know when it is time to go? How do we care for the blessing He has created for us in advance? What is that promised land? This week, Pastor Cedric Brown will teach us how we can know when we are ready to take hold of the promised blessings, the promised land He has set aside for us. It's not when you might think. There's not necessarily a special moment when you just know. But God's Word shows us that there are stages, as shown in the book of Deuteronomy, to which we must arrive before God makes it clear that we must move. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. One thing that comes along with the promises of God is, is this multiplication effect that you can rest assured that if you, listen, if you're walking in the promise of God and that God has called you to start your own personal business, the worst thing you can do as a new businessman or businesswoman is to think that you can do the job by yourself. It is short-sighted and narrow-minded and it will cause you to ultimately reach a lid too quickly. Same thing happens in ministry. If you're a ministry team leader, if you're a pastor, if, if you're whatever ministry that you're in, it could be children's ministry, youth ministry, adult ministry, pastoral ministry, whatever it is. If you think that the promises of God will fall upon you and you'll be able to walk in them alone, you're sadly mistaken. The promises of God may be inherited, if you would, by you or by a local church or by a ministry or whatever it may be, or a household. But you can rest assured that God is not giving you the promise and allowing you to enjoy this promise or to walk in this promise alone. It is to be shared by others. It is a responsibility that's to be uh, not only on your shoulders, but also the shoulders of other people around you. And as you, we dig deeper, you're going to see the reasons why. All right? But then it goes on to say this. In verse 11, it says, it says, May the Lord, the God of your father, increase you a thousandfold more than you are and bless you just as he has promised you. And then listen to what Moses begins to say. How can I alone bear the load and burden of you and your strife? Because guess what comes along with uh, promises, burdens, and strife. Because here's the wonderful thing about God's promises. It is never excluding or exclusive of people. People bring burdens and people bring problems. And it's not meant for you or I to carry them alone. Verse 13, again, Deuteronomy chapter 1, it says, Choose wise and discerning and experienced men from your tribe, and I would appoint them as your heads. 
you answer me and said, the thing which you have said to do is good. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and experienced men, and appointed them heads over you, over you, leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens, officers for your tribes. Then I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cases between your fellow countrymen, and judge righteously between a man and his fellow countrymen or alien who is with them. You should not show partiality in judgment. You should hear the small and the great alike. You should not fear men, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, you should bring to me, and I will hear them. So you see a process in this whole, if you would, shared burden, right? Then verse 18, I commanded you at that time all the things that you should do. So here you find is this. A couple of key words before we get deeper is the, the words not able, which simply means this, don't have the ability or the power or I am un, incapable of doing this. So what Moses was confessing before the people is like, listen, you guys are multiplying I see the promises of God coming as we head into the promised land. And, and guess what? There's going to be strife. There's going to be issues that need to be resolved. I can't bear this alone. Do you realize there's organizations that fold because the organization starts growing and they don't have the infrastructure to, to bear the burden? Ministries began to collapse and began to hurt people as we're going to learn because the infrastructure is not in place that prepares them for the growth. And one important factor that prepares one individually, collectively, ministry, individually, the church worldwide is the willingness to share the burden Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about each person has an individual part to play just as he wills. This word burden means to carry that which the soul lifts up itself. So if you can imagine this, it's really kind of saying this, is that when the burden gets too heavy, it begins to affect the soul. And I'm sure some of you probably experienced that. Things get heavy, then it affects the soul, that person on the inside of you. But how do you deal with this? Uh, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, gives us a counsel in Exodus chapter 18. And, and, but I want to give you some of the verses in part. Listen to what verse 14 says. Exodus chapter 18. It says, now, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge and all the people stand about you from morning until evening? Listen to what verse 18 says. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people you are with, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Do you hear me, church? You cannot do it alone. The promise is magnificent. The promise is it's a multiplication effect. 
listen, you cannot view the promise only based upon what you have the capacity to embrace and to carry. You must look at the promise beyond you. And when you start looking at the promise beyond you, and listen, even beyond today, and you look at it from, again, from this sense of multiplication, then you begin to realize that I cannot do this thing alone. I cannot do this thing alone. Why? It's because it will wear you out, and it will wear the people out that you serve. So can you imagine with me again? Can you imagine? Think about this. Millions of people waiting in line outside of Moses' tent just to talk to Moses. I'm not talking about a few hundred, not even talking about a thousand. I'm talking about a couple, few million are like saying, hey, Moses, I got to talk to you, Mo. Hey, Mo, hey, Mo, brother Mo, are you there? I'm sure Moses wanted to take down his, shing his counseling shingle and like, nah, I'm done with all these issues. But understand the flip side of that as a person waits for you, they're dying on the vine. Can you imagine all the, the murders that took place outside of Moses' tent because, they get, you know, the, the reconciliation wasn't resolved? Can you imagine how many divorces could have occurred because Moses couldn't perform marital counseling in time? Are you with me? So in other words... It will not only affect Moses, but it will also affect the people as they wait. We could say it this way. Eternity is at stake. In other words, uh, use us as a church. I could be the, the only one that says, okay, I'm the only one going to do X, Y, Z, even though that's not the case here in our church. Well, then that's all is going to get done based upon what one man can do. But I want to stretch our church in this context. Based upon where we are as a church, and we have this person in this position, this person in that position, this person in that position, well, guess what? Who is, who is righteously judging the thousand or the hundreds or the fifties? In other words, who, who's standing guard to say, hey, hey, pastor, hey, guess what? I got this marital counseling session. You follow what I'm saying? You know, I, I, got, I got this problem with a, a parent and their child. I got it. Don't worry about it. Or guess what? I, I'm going to go share the gospel with, with, with that part of the community. Don't worry about that. I got that part. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? So no, no, matter, no matter where a church is, no matter where a ministry is, again, no matter where your business may be, because it should be unto the Lord as you're doing your business, no matter where it is, you have to always be thinking, could there be more of God's promise that is out there that we need to prepare ourselves for by sharing a burden? One of the greatest examples of this God gave me personally and it was when I was doing some landscaping. And many of you may have heard this story, but it's worth sharing it again. Uh, I went with a friend uh, who had a trailer, and we went to go get some, some, uh, a skid of, of slate to do some landscaping around our house. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize how heavy slate was. <laughs> so on the skid, uh, they, they uh, 
took a forklift and put it right smack dab in the center of the of the trailer immediately the trailer just shrunk and we couldn't even pull off couldn't even pull off at all but then we just had this brainy idea you know what it was take all of the slate off the skid and disperse the balance of the weight in the entire trailer guess what we were able to do drive away same weight properly dispersed on the same trailer we were able to drive off it's no different than ministry it's no different than any promise of God if you think that you can just centralize the burden and the weight in one person one place of a ministry of an organization of a promise of God you can rest assured it will not go anywhere or it will become limited as far as where it can go into his future make sense but when you start realizing that how small or great let me disseminate responsibility disseminate burden disseminate processes you follow me and then you'll begin to see that the organization the ministry your business your family or whatever it begins to move more in a healthy direction because the burden is what dispersed it's no different than if a husband and wife gets married then god they want god to bless their finances well listen if the, let's say if the husband says well i'll do the finances i'll i'll pay the bills i'll do everything i'll take that responsibility well but then if he can't manage it properly because his life doesn't permit it does he just keep trying to manage it or does he have a conversation with his wife and say hey listen uh the burden is too great how do we disperse this so that we can manage this more effectively more efficiently so we can prepare ourselves to receive more from god it's every area of life that you have to evaluate to understand am i limiting the promises of god in my life because i'm not a willing to share the burden b not willing to step into and what help carry the burden that someone has been carrying for far too long share the burden lastly after we stayed long enough we learn to share the burden it always gets to this climactic place so if you can look again at deuteronomy chapter one we're just going to read verse 22 here and then we're going to jump to numbers chapter 13 deuteronomy chapter one verse 22 says this then all of you approached me and said let us send men before us that they may search out the land for us and bring back to us word of the way by which we should go up and the cities which we shall enter. So they're, they're now at the perimeter, if you will, of the promised land. They began to say, all right, we're so close. Now let's begin to enter in and let's, let's do this reconnaissance, if you would. And so Moses chose... Uh, Five, excuse me, 12, 12 elders to enter the promised land for 40 days, right? So keep, keep your finger there, again, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, but let's now turn to uh, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, I'm going to read in part, beginning with verses 1 through 3, 
And the setting is this. It kind of elaborates on what happened in this particular verse in Deuteronomy chapter 1. And what began to happen again, he assigned the 12 to go into the promised land. And they began to do this reconnaissance to check out if it really is what God said it really was to be. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send out for yourselves men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You should send a man from each of their father's tribes, 12, everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the command of the Lord, all of the men, all of the men who were heads of the sons of Israel. Then let's skip to verse 25, okay? It says, when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kedesh. And they brought back word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him, and said, we went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Verse 28. Listen to this. But nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Abinak is living in the land of Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Verse 30, again, we're in Numbers chapter 13. It says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should, by all means, go up and take possession of it for we will surely overcome it. So let's park there for a minute. And here's always the challenge. You see, whenever you get to a point in your life that you say, okay, God, it's clear that I've stayed long enough because you're giving me permission to now move into your, your wonderful and magnificent promise. Yes, there's going to be the responsibility to always understand and underscore whatever you give me is not for me alone, and I must be willing to share it and share the responsibility of it, but then also step into the responsibility to help someone else, right? We got that. But then the third and final point today, which will always be crucial, is that we must be people who completely trust the Lord. So what you find here is that the children of Israel... They, they moved closer to the promised land, right? Uh, Moses began to set up the process of sharing a burden, right? Everybody agreed to that. Now they're about to go possess the land, and then everybody except Caleb then says, ah, we can't do it. Trust issue. You mean to tell me after every single thing I showed you. Listen, you mean to tell me that even the weight in the wilderness did not help you to completely trust me? So that then says, what does this word trust mean? This word trust means this. Stability and confidence, like a baby, will find themselves in the arms of their parents. 
Some of you are mothers here, young dads here, uh, dads of young children, have been. One thing is for sure, and this is such a great description of trust, is that when a baby is in the arms of their mother or their father, they have no concern at all. But <laughs> we all know who have growing children. Once they get old enough to think rationally or irrationally themselves, <laughs> right? Once they, listen, once they're not small enough to be carried in your arms, once they're not humble enough, right? Dependent enough, right? On mom and dad. They begin to make their own decisions and something begins to happen with trust. It's the weirdest thing. The very parent that raised you, the very parent that gave everything for you to get you where you are are the very parents that you no longer trust. Same thing with God. Let's go back in time when you first came to know Jesus. Right? When you just indulged yourself in the word, the things of God, and everything was so fresh, so new. Didn't question much about God. <laughs> Once we grow up in our faith, well, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, does God really mean say we can't do that? Are you sure that's in the Bible? <laughs> we just, like, wait a minute. We start questioning just like a growing child. The same thing the children of Israel did. They stopped relying on the Lord with confidence like a baby who will find themselves in the arms of their parents, not concerned about anything at all. Hello, my name is Sarah Vega, and I am the Administrative and Executive Director here at Commitment Church. I hope you've enjoyed today's message by Pastor Cedric Brown. If you didn't know, Pastor Cedric also sends out encouraging videos weekly. We call these the Weekly Wire. We can send these encouraging videos directly to you by subscribing at www.loveallnations.org. Here's an example of the encouragement you'll receive. As you leave one year and you head into the next, I'm sure you're carrying over into the new year many goals and dreams and aspirations. We call them New Year's resolutions, right? Those things that you fight for and sometimes you get frustrated in the fight and in the pursuit of those goals and those dreams. You see, while you're in pursuit of these in this coming year, I want to just remind you of a simple truth. It comes from when the children of Israel were leaving uh, Egypt and they were heading into their promised land, their new year, their new life, if you would. And they found themselves with the, their backs against the wall, literally against the wall of water. And Pharaoh and his army was in pursuit of them and they began to panic and cry out to God and to Moses. We hope you enjoyed the sample of our weekly wire. Again, to subscribe to your weekly inspiration, refreshment, and encouragement, please visit www.loveallnations.org. Thank you again for listening to our series, The Promised Land. 
From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Ephesians 2.10 explains that God created us in Christ Jesus for good works he prepared specifically for us. It is up to us to hear from God and to know when to go and take the land. Once there, we must also take care of or steward what God has given us, and he will clearly show us how. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.